0: Live from the betting capital of the world,
1: Vegas, baby, Vegas!
0: It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers
2: and Ralph Michaels. It's Tuesday here in Sin City, and welcome to Wager Talk on the Sports Grid TV Network. I'm Ted Sabransky at Teddy_Covers on Twitter. Joined my my co-host and good friend, Ralph Michaels, at CalSportsLV on Twitter. I want to welcome all of the Pluto TV viewers, Channel 517, more than 20 million active users. And I know we've already gotten feedback. Those of you watching on Pluto love the show. Keep it coming. Uh, send us tweets. We're all ears when it comes to that. And then Ralph even responds sometimes. Although, <laughs> I tend to be light. look, this is your Sports Central for betters. Let's get right into it. Start with bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books from last night. And not a whole lot of drama for side players in that one, Ralph. There was a little drama with the total. Game finally did go over the total. But the Baltimore Ravens came down on the opening kick and put it in the end zone. They came down on the second drive and put it in the end zone. They came down on the third drive and put it in the end zone. They came down on the fourth drive and put it in the end zone. Meanwhile, the Rams got the first and goal twice in the first half, both times they committed false start penalties, <laughs> took a sack and settled for field goals. That was over fairly quickly, Ralph. Baltimore makes a statement. Ravens dominate the Rams last year's team versus this year's team.
3: Yeah, color me impressed. I, you know, I was going back and forth watching college hoops cuz had the game been entertaining, it would have been fun to watch. What I took uh what I took away from the game was this, Teddy. The announcer and Jackson got the five touchdowns. He said Jackson five was live tonight. So I think he was waiting the whole game for that. But uh color me <laughs> impressed the Ravens are a legit team to be uh considered a a contender that can go the entire way.
2: Well, I mean, Ralph, one of the things that you do is you put out stat sheets with you know, five-game running numbers for the NFL, and it's pretty clear, okay? In September, the Ravens were not what they are now. If you look just at the last two months, I don't think you can make a case for any other team in the NFL being the best team right now. Not New England, <laughs> okay? Not the Saints. Baltimore has played the most dominant football, and unfortunately, uh it took me the hard way to become a believer, but now everybody's a believer. What do we do with the Ravens moving forward? Is this still a team that has bet on potential? Or is this a squad now where after all of these wins and all of these covers and all of these dominant performances, again, they've beaten both Super Bowl teams from last year, plus the Seahawks and the Texans during this run, all by two touchdowns or more. Can the Ravens still be undervalued after all of that? How good are they, Ralph?
3: Well, you know, you look and this is this is the last 5 weeks. The Ravens played 4 games in that stretch. They're plus 31.5 points per game. Number 2, the 49ers plus 15.4. They're plus 154 yards per game. Number 2 is about uh number 2 is plus 119. That's the Dallas Cowboys. You know, uh, until someone proves they can shut him down and they just haven't been able to. I mean, when Lamar Jackson, he's become such a complete passer that, you know, it used to be, well, let's see, if we make him throw to beat us, he couldn't do it. Well, he's matured. And there's one thing I took out of this game when I look back at the stats. He was sacked three times yesterday. Just because he wasn't running. He didn't need to run. He had a big lead. He was staying in the pocket. There was no reason to expose himself. There's only been three other times where he's been sacked more than one time all game. And that was games number two, three, and four. Make that four other times. Games two, three, four, and five. He was sacked three or four times. Well, what's happened? He's matured since that time. And when you throw 15 of 20 for 169 yards with a 5-0 ratio, At 80 yards rushing with 95 yards. Before our show, we heard Greg talking about, you know, uh, potentially the number one player in fantasy drafts. Uh, I think he's the number one player in the NFL period.
2: I mean, there's a reason that Lamar Jackson is now the favorite to win the NFL MVP. He showed the Nationwide last night. Although moving forward, I can't imagine you're going to be able to find the value with Baltimore that you found over the course of the last five weeks. Then again, when you're talking about a team that's played as well as anyone in the NFL, let's put it this way. I've gotten my my teeth kicked in more than once stepping in front of Baltimore this season. I'm not in any rush to do it again. Let's do a little prop shop recap. Team totals last night. Gee, the Ravens went over 24 and a half. The Rams went under 21 and a half. There was no defensive or special teams touchdown. The no was minus 290 in that game. The longest touchdown of the game stayed under. 39.5 39 and a half yards. If you bet into the alternative point spreads, Ravens minus 10 and a half plus 290 look pretty good. Uh, that one cashed in with room to spare. Lamar Jackson had five touchdown passes last night. He still went under his total rush and passing yards, under 295 and a half, obviously over one and a half touchdowns. Uh, Goff stayed under passing yards, under touchdown passes. Mark Ingram goes over rushing yards. Todd Gurley stays under rushing receiving yards. No girly TD. Hollywood Brown stayed under. Cooper Cup stayed under on Monday Night Football when it comes to the prop. Let's talk a little something that's not Monday Night Football. How about NBA? Last night, a couple things to talk about. Certainly the Raptors, another impressive win. Sure, they've had some injuries. Sure, they lost Kawhi. Meanwhile, they held Joel Embiid scoreless last night and got the win and cover in a playoff revenge game for Philadelphia impressive victory for toronto and their backers cashing in again and of course carmelo going nuts in chicago that might have something to do with the bulls right now who uh let's just say the chemistry between coach and team doesn't appear to be going particularly well bottom line is blazers got off the schneid with the win and cover blowout win in chicago and i'll ask you ralph last but not least Michigan State bet from minus 9.5 to minus 13 last night. They lost outright to Virginia Tech in Hawaii. What do you make of the Spartans? Spartans bad or Hokies good?
3: Hokies talked about practicing the entire week for this. Uh, I think Michigan State perhaps took them a little for granted. Uh, But again, this is a November loss. Tom Izzo apologized and uh, they will have a chip on their shoulder moving forward.
2: I would think so. Is off a loss tends to be a fairly good bet. When we come back, we've got college football, TNA, NBA, college hoops, NFL. Stay tuned. Stay on the grid right here. You're watching Wagers.
1: Restrictions apply.
2: You want the edge? Get on the grid. You can find us on YouTube at Sports Grid Network. All fantasy and sports wagering all the time. Again, on YouTube, Sports Grid Network. And of course, on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. Easy follow. You'll get clips, you'll get highlights. You'll get access to shows right here on the Sports Grid Network. Ralph, we have legitimately a loaded show today. I don't know how we're going to get through everything. We've cut our college football recap short. Obviously, there's no shows Thursday and Friday this week. I'll be out of town for tomorrow's show. You'll be hosting with Marco D'Angelo. So we want to get to everything we possibly can today. That includes... Ralph's college football, TNA. No, not that TNA. We're talking trends and angles. Ralph, what do you have for teams at five and six versus teams at six and five? Teams that have just clinched bowl eligibility versus teams that still need the one more victory.
3: Teddy, and I'm going to go into a subset. I'm going to just take extra minute here because Listen, guys, we you know, we're just not here to say, hey, we like this team, bet this team. We want to make you better betters by understanding things that we look at when we're handicapping, situations that have been positives. And I may be talking about a 60% angle, and that's not a wow angle. But if you put yourself in a position that you hit 60% of a time, or it helps you base a play because of that, that's what we want to do. And while betting on five wins, if you watch some of the previous shows, betting on a team with just five wins isn't a positive. There's pressure to get that sixth win. But when a team is exactly five and six, that means it's your final regular season game. You're one game under 500. And if you are exactly five and six and you are a favorite, which means you're playing a, a team that is not a very good team, you have covered 60.6%. So simple. Last week of the year, five and six teams as a favorite covered 60.6%. That's TCU, Mississippi State. And Michigan State but if you have a five and six team that is off a win so the team was four and six now they're five and six those teams have it 69 percent and that is Mississippi State and Michigan State now let's look at teams that are six and five your, your goals are probably gone. If your goal was to get to a bowl, you're already there. You're not going to a conference tournament. You're not going to a big bowl. You're not going to do much with this win. It's not going to change much. When you are a team that is six and five and you're a small home favorite of one to eight and a half, you have gone eight and 19, 29.6% against the spread. And you've only gone 4 and 17 over under, 81% to the under. So, six and five teams that are a home favorite of up to eight and a half have been a poor play. Again, their goals have already been established, or perhaps they lost the majority of their goals, but they know they're going to a bowl. Those fade teams this week Eastern Michigan, Washington, Georgia Southern, and Kentucky.
2: Yeah, and that makes a ton of sense. And this is very clear. Okay, this is not a pick show. If you want hundred picks, there are plenty of shows you can find that. They're not going to win, but they'll give you plenty of picks. This is an information show. All right. Both uh, Ralph and I have been doing this for a long time. Our goal is it's not about giving you fish, it's about teaching you how to fish. And many of you already know that. That's one thing we really, really try to do. And why the show has already picked up a little bit of a cult following. It's a good show for beginners. It's also a good show for people who've been around the sports betting world for a while. We don't dumb it down for beginners. So if you're betting on sports, please help spread the word. Wager Talk here on the Sports Grid Network. Ralph, we got to talk outright underdog winners in college football. There were a bunch of them this past Saturday, including not one, not two, not three, four different double-digit dogs in the two-touchdown range or higher that all won outright.
3: Eddie, last week we were talking about those Pac-12 basketball teams that all got upset. Three of them were upset as a double-digit favorite. Well, let's add two more Pac-12 football teams that were upset this past week with Washington and Oregon going down. FIU, the biggest upset, and I will say this, FIU's an upset as a 21-point dog against Miami of Florida. That game was at Marlin Stadium. Going back to 1980, teams that are off an upset win of an 18-point dog or more are a 44% play. So what you would expect, you were up for one game, you were down the next, or at least down more often than you were up. Colorado, Arizona State pulled the upset. Nevada, for the third time this year, Nevada pulled a double-digit upset win. UNLV beat San Jose State. Charlotte, Rice, Houston, Western Kentucky, Kent State, and Eastern Michigan finish off those teams that pulled the outright upset as a dog of a field goal or more.
2: And and Nevada gave up four straight touchdowns in that game. They were up 14-0 and then down 28-14 and looking to get run out of the building. And they gutted it out in the fourth quarter. Played a heck of a a comeback uh, for the Wolfpack on the road in that one. Let's talk some college football for tonight. A pair of Maction games set up for this evening, starting with Ohio U against Akron. The Zips got a cover last week. Ralph, they didn't get a win, but they got a cover. The first competitive game they played all year. Can they do it again? Ohio U's laying 27 and laying 27.5, 28 on the road. Total sitting around 53.
3: No, I think one's all you're getting. You know, you 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 play Akron and you have pressure not to be the team that loses to them and and Miami's not a dynamic offense. You look at what you look at what they uh what they average on the year, they're not. Now, Ohio has the possibilities to be a dynamic offense. Ohio did put up 669 yards at Bowling Green last week. They scored 66 points. They're still in need of a win. They only have five wins. Miami had clinched. Miami was in no position where they needed a win last week. Ohio does need the win, and I think Ohio lays it on them tonight.
2: So it's a quote unquote must-win game for Western Michigan tonight. If they win, they clinch the Mac. Uh, what is the Mac West? Uh, the Mac East. Whichever side of the Mac they're on, <laughs> uh, they clinch their half of the division and will play Miami for the championship. Next week, if they don't win, the door's open for Central Michigan to steal that. Western and Central have the same record, but Western owns the tiebreaker. Nothing but Broncos money at Northern Illinois. And I know the Huskies looked bad last time out, particularly bad. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be cold. Broncos up from seven and a half to eight and a half. Now we're seeing nines across the board. Total of 51 against the Huskies of Northern Illinois into call.
3: This is the perfect situation I usually love to play against, a must-need win for a team on a standalone game. I think the weather's the equalizing factor tonight. It's going to be nasty. High 30s, 17-mile-an-hour winds, and rainy. I mean, 30 degrees in rain is much worse than snow. Team that turns the ball over the least wins. Uh, Western Michigan, by far the better team, but I love fading the must-win teams.
2: I don't blame you. Uh, I certainly wouldn't lay it with the uh, Broncos this evening. Let's talk Egg Bowl real quick before the break on Thanksgiving night. Mississippi State minus two and a half, total of 58 against Ole Miss. From the eye test, Ole Miss is the better of these two teams. Ralph, why are they catching points?
3: Well, you know, I look at Ole Miss, and on the road, they're getting out gained by 163 yards per game. At home, they're out gaining foes by 130. So you have a 290-yard per game diff from their home road dichotomy. This game on the road, I actually lean with the old Miss side in the Egg Bowl.
5: Excuse
3: I mean, me, yes, I see, lean with so- the Mississippi State side. Yes. <laughs> yeah, It's
2: easy enough to get confused. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the bottom line is, Ralph and I appear to be on opposite sides of this one. I want no part of laying points in Mississippi State, and I know they fall into your angle which does concern me. That 69% angle, you said? All that's all that said, From and the eye test means a lot to me by this stage of the season. I've watched both these two teams play. Ole Miss is the better team. The question is whether they show it on Saturday. When we come back, we're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk college hoops. We're going to talk college football. We're going to talk NFL. You better stay tuned right here when Waiter Talk continues. Stay on the grid.
1: Restrictions apply.
2: You want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? Then let dailyrodo.com stuff your pockets with cash this Thanksgiving. Get your free trial with the promo code Stuffing to unlock a free seven-day elite membership. Leverage Daily Roto's optimizer and industry leading fantasy projections and learn from the game's best DFS players. Don't be a turkey. Get your free trial. That's dailyroto.com, promo code STUFFING, S T U F F I N G, stuffing for a free t- trial. New customers only. This offer expires at the end of November. <sighs> It's time for big game breakdowns, Ralph. We tried to squeeze NBA and college hoops in the last segment, didn't get there. Let's start it at the top of this segment. The LA Clippers road favorites in Dallas tonight. The twos are pretty much gone there. Total's been, or the size has been bet down. Dallas won one and a half, total 227 and a half. And I'll tell you what, when you saw Golden State go from bad to bad, to good, to championship contender. There was a boatload of money to make with the Warriors during that span. Are we seeing that from Dallas right now? Is Dallas capable of going from bad to good to championship contender? They certainly looked that way the first portion of this NBA season, although the Clips with George and Kawhi, they look pretty good too. Not an easy team to step in front of. Bet on versus bet on for me, Ralph. What about you?
3: Well, my question, I'm going to throw it back to you, Teddy, is this. How much does, the you know, you have the Clippers as an away favorite, yet their last four road games, they've gone 0-4 straight up in ATS, including losing as a favorite against the Suns and losing as a favorite against the Pelicans. Does that worry you with the team, or do you just look at it and say, well, those were different situations?
2: I would put that as a blip on the radar screen for the Clippers. As a veteran squad, a championship contending squad, I'm not expecting long-term problems winning games on the road. This isn't Charlotte. This isn't Memphis. Uh, So in my mind, that's a blip. That's not a reason to fade the Clippers tonight. The reason to fade the Clippers tonight is if you think Dallas is making that transition from, well, not a playoff team into potentially a championship contender. They certainly look that way. They've looked the part in early season play let's talk a little college hoops for today one game you wanted a spotlight butler minus three and a half against stanford what's your take the bulldogs against the cardinal
5: for
3: all our new viewers out here when we get to college basketball we will be spending much more time on it when football winds down but we don't look for the sexy pick we look for a pick that i actually bet so in this case we are giving you a pick at least one of my picks And it is Butler tonight. Butler's in the second night of the Classic in Kansas City. This game on ESPN2. I love what they did against Missouri. They have an elite shutdown defense. They are a top 20 team in my book. The Stanford Stanford Cardinal are off an easy win against Oklahoma. They got off to a 17-2 run. They weren't pressured. They have yet to play. That was their first game away from home with the exception of playing tonight. I think Butler's elite defense shuts down Stanford and covers the three-and-a-half-point spread on ESPN2. Yeah,
2: and it's something about an elite defense and making money in college hoops. They tend to go hand-in-hand if Butler's of that caliber. They certainly merit a look in this short favorites range. Let's shift focus to college football. There's a ton of games. We already talked Egg Bowl. We already talked Maction for tonight. Let's talk some of the biggest games on Friday and Saturday. And we'll start in a game that has seen not only a switch of favorites, we've seen a switch of favorites, and this one could go to the original underdog being a three-point favorite. Virginia Tech, minus two and a half, total of 48. What is this, the Commonwealth Cup for the state of Virginia? The winner gets the right to be blown out by Clemson in the ACC title game next week. Not much of a consolation prize, but a huge prize. Obviously, we're talking about uh, winning half of the ACC and reaching the conference championship game. Hokies, they've been red hot. The markets seem to know it. Virginia, you were dead spot on with Virginia last week in the blowout over Liberty. Does all this Virginia Tech money make sense to you, Ralph? I know they're hot, but are they actually the better of these two teams?
3: I believe so. Teddy, before I get to this game, I just got a text from Marco. And Marco looked through the lineup of games we're going to talk about, and he wanted to say thank you for leaving him all the MAC games for Friday and Saturday, as we're talking all the rivalries while you're still in town. So I just reach out and share that note with you. But, you know, uh, (laughs) looking at this game, I look at Virginia Tech, and you look at what their defense has done. Yeah, they played Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh, two teams that weren't good offenses, but they held them to season lows. They played Virginia Tech. They held uh, – they excuse me, Wake Forest. They held Wake Forest to a, a season low. And you look at their last six games, seven games, or are six and one. they only lost to Notre Dame by a point. And I look at Virginia and, yeah, I mean, I, I'm impressed with what they did down the stretch. But their wins were Georgia Tech, Liberty, Duke, which was banged up, and North Carolina. And even in those games, they got outgained against North Carolina, which was their most impressive win – I agree with the line move, and I and I think the Hokies get the win.
2: Yeah, and it's the kind of story for me where I do think that Virginia Tech might be a little better than Virginia, but not enough to lay a price with them on the highway in a game where the point spread's already moved three and a half points and continues to go in one direction. Let's talk Texas and Texas Tech. The Longhorns off another loss. Their season's been miserable, but they're taking a pretty big step down in defensive class. Can Jeff Duffy and the Red Raiders trade points with the Longhorns? Texas, minus 10, total 64 and a half.
3: Well, we know, you know, Tom Herman had been good as a dog. That was another loss this past week. Now two and four his last six. So... While we may take that sample size, if you take the recent sample size, that dog angle is now officially gone. I look at Texas and, you know, number one, they're not a good favorite. Number two, I certainly can't be laying 10 points with a team that in its last five games only topped 27 points once Texas Tech has had their issues. You know, they're going through their quarterback carousel, but they've been in every game. Lost by three to Kansas State, lost by two to TCU, lost by three to Baylor, lost by 10 to Iowa State. So to me, they keep trying. The back door's always wide open. I would have to lean with the dog.
2: Friday night TV matchup. The matchup of, not directional schools, (laughs) like an Eastern or a Western, uh, I guess it kind of is, because Central a, 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 is not a direction. Central Florida against South Florida. UCF versus USF. TV game on Friday night. UCF minus 24, but we're seeing some sharp support for the dogs. In fact, on a couple of leading indicator books, this is already down to minus 23. Total 63 and a half. Can Charlie Strong's Bulls show up this week? Or is this a spot? for another blowout loss. They lost 38-10 to in this matchup last year.
3: Eddie, last week we were talking about Memphis and and USF, and you said USF is really wearing down, and I questioned that. And I was wrong. USF stuck around the first half, uh, maybe the first quarter, and then Memphis just laid it to them. This defense was on the field for 89 plays last week against Memphis. Now going to UCF and they're going to be on the field again. I can't see him keeping it close in the second half. If the game is close in the first quarter, first half, I think it'll be a blowout late.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. If I'm playing, I'm laying. I want no part of the South Florida Bulls in their regular season. Finale. Let's talk Apple Cup on Friday afternoon. Another TV matchup. The Washington Huskies have had a dismal season. They lost to Colorado in their last game. They're still laying seven. Total of 64 against Washington State, who has also had a disappointing season. And when it comes to defensive class, there's no comparison between these two teams. The Huskies have been awful. Not their defense. (laughs) Their defense has been solid. All that said... Washington state has had very little success moving the football, even with better teams than this against that Huskies defense. Can Washington get off the schneid and do something right in this miserable campaign? Are they going to get the seven wins? What's your take? Apple cup, Washington and Washington state.
3: Washington might get the win, but the Huskies are still allowing over 62% completions. That's not what you want facing this offense. Uh but I, I look at Washington, I look at the Cougars' defense. In their last four games, they've allowed 2,100 yards, over 500 yards per game. And that was against weak offenses of Stanford and California, a decent offense of Oregon State, and a good offense of Oregon. So I think Washington has their best game. I think Washington State also scores. I like the over in this one, Teddy.
2: Uh, total sitting in the 64 range right now. Ralph says take a look at the over in that one. Let's do one more before the break. I suppose there's some people that want an opinion on this. Ohio State, Michigan, that's a pretty big game. Buckeyes laying nine in Ann Arbor, finally off a non-cover, total 51 and a half. The Wolverines have played really good football down the stretch, but you just get that sense that Ohio State's at a different level. They have been for the better part of the last 15 years, 14 and one straight up the last 15 (sighs) meetings. Can the Wolverines with Jim Harbaugh pull off the upset here, Ralph? You've been high on Michigan for the last six weeks or so.
3: Oh, and I've been high on Ohio State as well. I've I've made a lot of money on the Buckeyes this year. Uh, I rode them for much of that time. And I look at this, my power ratings at this point in the year, I have so much faith in them. My power ratings are six. Remember, Michigan was favored at the beginning of the year. This line has moved that much from Michigan being three or four to now being this much of a dog. Ohio State has one goal, win the game by one point. Michigan's offense has been alive. I think Michigan, the back door will be open. With the points, I would have to back Michigan here.
2: As a Michigan graduate, I say this, Ohio State or pass. Wager Talk continues. We'll talk NFL after the break.
5: Get in zone,
1: AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine lights on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free Fix Finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This
0: whole report for free?
1: That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. FixFinder, only at AutoZone.
5: Get in zone, AutoZone.
1: Restrictions apply.
2: Well, let's take a deep dive into the NFL for Thursday and beyond. While we have the chance on this abbreviated week here on Wager Talk, Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels giving you your Sports Central for bettors in 60 minutes or less. And we're more than halfway through, Ralph. So let's get into it. NFL, let's talk Turkey Day. The Chicago Bears, minus two and a half. Heck, the two and a halfs are just about gone now. Uh, the market's been moving towards Chicago all morning. Let's call it minus three now. You can still find a rogue two and a half out there, but there aren't many. <laughs> Total 38 and a half against the Lions. And of course, it's not just Stafford who's hurt for Detroit. Gee, Jeff Driscoll's banged up as well. We could see the former Purdue quarterback, David Blau, starting for the Lions this Saturday, or this Thursday, I should say. I'm not surprised that the Bears have taken the money, especially because Mitch Trubisky is bad against every team. He's been good against the Lions. He lit him up earlier this year. He lit him up last year in the lone meeting between these two squads. And, of course, Detroit's defense now ranked number 29 in yards and number 26 in points. And the Bears defense ranked number four. In both of those categories Thanksgiving Day early start Bears and the Lions what's your take Ralph Michaels
3: all right Teddy let's let's first lit them up He 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 led the Bears to 20 points and the Chicago at 226 yards in the first game at home against Detroit so didn't exactly light them up but uh, I, you know, again, 16 they did, to they 23 did get
2: them. for 173 yards and three touchdowns in a comfortable win. That's lighting them up. When Trubisky throws three touchdown passes and only seven incompletes, that's lighting them up for Mitch.
3: All right. Fair enough. Fair and enough. And last year he threw um, for
2: 355 and three touchdowns against them.
3: Yeah, you know, last year they had, okay, last year with Trubisky. That's two meetings, 500 yards, six touchdowns. That's lighting them up. Go. <laughs> wow, you've got some enthusiasm. You must be going on vacation. Uh, just a trend. Doesn't mean anything in this game, but interesting what you guys are watching, the favorite in the Detroit Lions Thanksgiving games, 14-1 against the spread. Detroit, it was 4-0 and as a favorite. Detroit is 1-9 ATS as a dog Thanksgiving the last 15 years. Um, with that being said, that's not the reason I like the bears, but I just think Trubisky is a better quarterback than Driscoll. He would certainly be back a better quarterback than Blau. You're talking about a defense that is still allowing only 17 points per game on the season, despite being on the field for all that time when the offense has been inept. So if the offense can run at all against Detroit, then the defense is even going to be better. And Ralph take on this.
2: Well, just let me say this. You and I both know that when you take a trip over Thanksgiving weekend, it ain't a vacation, all right? I get to have Thanksgiving dinner with the family, but pretty much all the time I'm not eating will be working, and that's just the way that it is. Uh, you know, I go back east because I love my family, and I get—I don't get a chance to see them very often, so this is my chance where we get together. But it's a working vacation uh, when it comes to the bear. Look, no, I can but- only lay with Chicago. I want no part of Detroit. The Lions are what one and seven their last eight games. And they play like it when you have a bad defense and a bad offense and a short week and a head coach under fire and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I do not want the home dog in this one. Let's talk Cowboys well, bills.
3: Yeah. You know, the bills, the bills back to back wins again, that was Miami and Denver. They uh, Miami and Denver quarterbacks, not quite the same as facing Dak Prescott. What can Buffalo do on this short week traveling to Jerryville as Jerry Jones calls out his coach after last weekend's game. So
2: everyone's telling me that the Bills haven't played anyone this year. The Bills haven't beaten anyone good, and they haven't. This is who Dallas has beaten. They've beaten the Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins. They couldn't beat the Jets. They beat the Eagles when the Eagles were, you know, whatever. The Eagles aren't good. They beat the Giants again. And what, the Lions? That's not a who's who of good teams that Dallas is beating, okay, any more than it's a who's who of good teams that Buffalo is beating. And you ask me, normally, all right, I'm thinking, and you've shown it. The the stats clearly show. The Thursday games, it's very difficult for the road team. And it normally is. Dallas is an older team than Buffalo, and Buffalo wasn't tested last week Dallas played in this brutal physical game in the cold, down to the wire, all of that. I'm not convinced that the situation is going to be any better for Dallas than it is for Buffalo. You understand what I'm saying? Even though they don't have to travel for the game, they'll be home for the game. And, of course, the Cowboys have not been good home favorites on Thanksgiving. Bills are passed for this better. And if you talk about the Bills on a total of 45 – you know, Buffalo's not meant for shootouts. That's an elite defense. It is. And we've seen it more than once. I wouldn't be surprised if this one stays under as well. Lean bills, lean under. That's the only way I would play
3: it. Eddie, I want to bring up one more point that you say Buffalo has to travel. Well, Buffalo was at home on Sunday. They were done at four o'clock. They're going to just take one plane ride, just like Dallas had to do. Dallas didn't get done till 7. They didn't get on that plane until Sunday night. They didn't get home till late Sunday night. So I think the travel is negated with Buffalo having been home for the early game and Dallas having played on the road, back-to-back road games, and playing the later afternoon game.
2: No argument there. And plus, again, with the two two coaching staffs, You know, I I trust McDermott to come up with a game plan in two days a lot more than I trust Jason Garrett at this stage. And Garrett certainly under fire, as you mentioned. Um, Yeah, bills are passed. And of of all the Thanksgiving plays, in my mind, this is the one that's the strongest. Uh, You know, bills slash under. I think the two are correlated.
3: We have the New Orleans Saints. We know they're one of your top teams in your in your power ratings. They are playing the Heckle and Jekyll Atlanta Falcons. Uh, great defense for back-to-back weeks, and then back to normal at home against Tampa Bay. Uh, Saints looking for revenge from uh, from a 26-9 loss from a few weeks ago. Do they get it and cover this point spread?
2: Yeah, that's the question. You know, if they get the revenge, I think they do. I think New Orleans wins this game. But the Saints, for all their success this season, they're 6-0 in game decided by a touchdown or less. And no one can be surprised if New Orleans does what they did last week, find a way to win a close game. That's what they've been doing. That's their M.O. And with the half of their offensive line hurt playing on a short week and quarterbacks like Breeze, the old QBs, I do not trust them on Thursday night. We've seen bad performances over and over again already this year. Think of Phillip Rivers a couple of weeks ago. I don't want the old QBs on Thursday night, flat out. It's hard uh, after the hits you just took on Sunday to get yourself ready. As for Atlanta, they're a difficult team, uh, obviously, in in a lot of different ways. But part of me thinks that two-game winning streak, just a mirage. They got hot, and now it's over, and they return home, and some of it, Maybe they return home. Maybe there's a home field disadvantage for this squad. They've been booed off the field repeatedly at home this season. So maybe there is no home field edge for Atlanta, and we have to factor their home field down to a point and a half or a point instead of the normal three uh, that we use in the NFL. Or maybe last week was just a blip, and they have an idea of how to shut down the Saints. And what we saw a couple weeks ago is what we'll see here. And the fact that New Orleans has OL injuries gives Atlanta a chance to get a pass rush. And, you know, which is the blip? When you talk about 32 NFL teams, you know, I've got decent reads on a good handful. Atlanta right now, if anyone's got a good read on Atlanta, <laughs> tweet me. Because they're a hard team to get a good read on. They really are, Ralph. Um, and, and what we've seen, the you know Jekyll and Hyde nature of this squad, you can't be surprised if the Falcons show up here, and you can't be surprised if they don't. Easy pass.
3: Teddy, you know, for all our viewers, we're going to get through the entire NFL card, the rest of the card tomorrow, whatever we don't. And we're going to hit all the main college football games as well. We'll be flying through them from start to finish. I want to come back to you with one more question on the Saints. In college football, there is no question. Look ahead is a very important issue when you're handicapping who you have on deck. This is a Thursday game. In the NFL, do teams look ahead like they are in college? Because there's probably no bigger situation where you'd have a look ahead with the Saints hosting the 49ers next week. Your thoughts on that?
2: This is a divisional game with short turnaround revenge. I can't imagine that the Saints would be looking ahead to the 49ers next week, especially because short turnaround here, then extra time to repair uh, for San Fran. So. We worry a lot about look-aheads in college. College kids aren't mature. They haven't done this 500 times before. NFL players have. Um, you see it happen sometimes in the NFL. I wouldn't expect it to happen in this particular matchup. I think the Saints will be focused for their national TV appearance against a team that just embarrassed them on their home field just, what was that, three weeks ago? Less than three weeks ago.
3: Well, you may be taking tomorrow off, but you know there's no way we're letting you get out of this NFL weekend Without talking about the Ravens and the 49ers, I looked up a stat, Teddy, and later in the season, the second half of the season, when both teams have a win percentage of 70% or more, and a team is a favorite of three and a half or more like Baltimore is, the home favorite has covered 74% of the spread. You know, so you have two very good teams. The home field has made a difference with those elite teams. Your take on Baltimore, laying six, a total of 46 against the San Francisco 49ers.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's nothing but Baltimore money. Uh, We've seen Baltimore and over money, and I can certainly understand why. As I open the show with, all right, these are my teeth, okay? I still have them, but pretty much I've gotten them kicked in twice in recent weeks, betting against the Ravens. I have Houston. And that was, again, done by halftime. Last night I had the Rams. Done by halftime. I'm not going to get my teeth kicked in betting against the Ravens again right now. I'm not going to do it. I've learned my life. You know, when, when somebody beats me once, okay, that happens. Somebody beats me twice and I do it a third time, that's shame on me. Because as we've seen, Baltimore's answered every question on both sides of the football. They've answered every question, not to mention their special teams is <laughs> elite as well. Okay. Is now the time to say, all right, well, i got my teeth kicked in betting against the Ravens. Is now the time, oh, gee, let's lay an inflated price with Baltimore after they've just won their seventh straight game and covered against everyone and kicked everyone in the teeth and national TV blowout, a national TV blowout? No. You know, from a betting 101 standpoint, this ain't the week to bet Baltimore, you know? <laughs> and a San Francisco... Cash with them on Sunday night. It wasn't a complete disaster of a week for me. I'm a 49ers believer. I'm a believer in their defense. But what Lamar did last night against Wade Phillips, I mean, Wade Phillips teams, that doesn't happen to Wade Phillips teams. And it just happened. I'm going to pass the game. I'll tell you flat out, I'm going to pass it. But recognize if you're laying with Baltimore, you're getting a very hot, very public team off. A series of wins and covers with an enormous betting bandwagon, and oh, San Fran's pretty good. So uh, uh, I'm not going to play it, Ralph. I've had I've had my fun already. I'm, I'm making money with the Niners. Haven't made money with the Ravens.
3: Teddy, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it on this game and finish up with this game because you look at what Baltimore's done. They've done it as a dog. How about if I told you the Ravens are actually 2-8 and against the spread? Their last 10 games as a home favorite. They beat Cincinnati by 6. They lost to Cleveland. They beat Arizona by 6. Do you think the maturity has changed where they've now learned to do that? Or are we saying, well, listen, they were the team that was the underdog and got no respect. Can they change it around now that they are getting the respect?
2: I think if you're trying to look at anything Baltimore did in September and compare it to where that team is now, you're going to hurt yourself because they've gotten a whole lot better since they were barely beating Cincinnati and uh, losing at home to Cleveland. Um, That being said, you know, the role that that the Ravens are on right now won't last forever, but until it cracks, I ain't stepping in front of them. When we come back, a little Betting 101, front backdoor covers, front door covers. What are we talking about? Plus, Thanksgiving week, when Wager Talk continues. Stay on the grid. Here in the home stretch of wager talk, Petty covers, and Ralph Michaels breaking down the world of sports and sports betting for you on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And remember, if you're gonna be in Vegas this weekend, come say hi to us. We'll be at the Westgate Superbook Superbook USA on Sunday, December first. Doing a little meet and greet over there. We have a private room. Come by. We'll even buy you a drink. At the Westgate, Ralph and I will both be there on Sunday afternoon. Hope to see some of you there. And, of course, Thanksgiving week notice tomorrow I will not be on the show. It will be Ralph and Marco. There will be no show Thursday. There will be no show Friday. We'll be back again next Monday. Let's talk a little sports betting glossary, Ralph. How did someone ask me? What's a front door cover? But in order to talk about what a front door cover is, we got to talk about what a back door cover is. You say coming through the back door, sneaking in the back door. The back door cover is real simple. It is a quote-unquote meaningless touchdown that has great meaning for betters. It's a meaningless touchdown for an underdog to cover the point spread. When you come in through the back door, hey, you're down 21 and you're catching 17 and you score that last touchdown and you lose by only 14, that's a backdoor cover. Oftentimes it comes against a prevent defense or a team that's not trying. The key is meaningless. Front door cover is kind of the same way, only the opposite. Team's comfortably ahead. They're laying 28. They're up by 25. And they come down in that last score of the game against backup defenders get a meaningless score to come in through the front door. Anything to add for that, Ralph, when it comes to these definitions?
3: Yeah, you know, think Todd Gurley last year. I mean, that was the that was the kneel down hurt around the world because that would have been a front door cover where the Rams would have covered. Instead, he did the right thing to run the clock out by kneeling. So, had he scored, it would have been a front door cover where the people betting on the Rams would have won.
2: Hmm. Back door covers, front door covers. I'm Teddy Covers at Teddy the Covers on Twitter. Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV, and listen. I want to take this time to thank you. You're making the show a little cult hit. Uh little cult hit. I appreciate appreciate the tweets, appreciate the likes, appreciate the follows. Keep them coming. Enjoy Thanksgiving. And again, Ralph and Marco will be here with Wager Talk tomorrow and I'll see you guys on Monday when Wager Talk continues. Stay on the grid.